Our scripture reading today comes from Acts 18, verses 1 through 5. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, she's read the word great all three services today, so thank you so much for that. I'm Tom. Welcome uh, to the Lido campus. It's great to have you here. Hope your summer's going well. And uh, if I were to ask you, what is the most awesome, can I use English? Most awesome, greatest superhero movie of all time, what comes to your mind? Do I have a vote? <laughs> well, recently, Parade Magazine, I'll get this highlighted the top 50. I don't know how many there are. It's amazing. The top 50 superhero uh, movies. And uh, can you guess which superhero movie got number one? And we're a smaller... Okay, yeah, you can jump in. You can, be, you can engage with me. We're a smaller group. So here, I'll give you the top seven, okay? Because I know we want to get, get to some other things this morning. But uh, they're kind of fun. Number seven, according to the experts, was... Superman 1978 version. Don't know, I, I think that maybe should be up like two or three, but anyway. Uh, number six was Iron Man. It's pretty awesome. Number five, I know some of you think this is number one, was Wonder Woman. Uh, number four was Avengers. That's the end game 2019. Number three was Spider-Man 2. I think that's pretty high up there. That's just my opinion. I'm giving you my opinion. Number two was Black Panther. Number one, drum roll, you, you get this, you ready for this one? Number one, all the experts say, is The Dark Knight, the Batman saga. What do you think? Did they get it right? I don't know. I may differ a little bit on the, <laughs> yeah, I may differ a little bit on the experts' ranking, but I don't differ on the immense importance of superhero movies and their popularity in our culture. And actually, what they really reveal about our lives. See, in the midst of a broken world, there is something deep within all of us, young and old and in between, about heroes. Right? We're drawn to heroes and heroism, both on the screen, of course, but in everyday, down-to-earth, everyday life. And in our COVID-19 world, we have seen heroism displayed in perhaps less likely places that we often think we have a term called essential workers. And one of the places that I go by often as I come to my office is a healthcare facility. And there's this big banner out in front of it that says three words, heroes work here. Pretty good. I like that. See, heroism emerges on the pages of Holy Scripture in incredible ways. But let me just say that often... Heroism in Holy Scripture is quite different than we may first imagine. 
We don't find many superheroes that scale a tall building in one bound in Scripture. But we do see a lot of very average, everyday people who are living everyday faithful lives become in time heroic vessels of heroic faith. So what does heroic faith look like and how do we more fully enter it? This is where our text takes us this morning. So if you have a Bible open, turn to the New Testament book of Acts chapter 18, Acts 18. Now, if you've been with us as a church family across our campuses, we are in a message series we've entitled Forgotten Family. And we are exploring some of the more hidden heroes of the faith in the Bible that we often miss. And this morning, we conclude our series, we're going to examine two truly amazing hidden figures that we often scoot over their names, Aquila and Priscilla. And they model for us heroic faith in the normal, everyday, Monday life God calls us to. So before diving in our text, let's take just a few moments to set the literary and historical stage. The book of Luke and Acts, you may be aware, depending on your background in Scripture, is actually one story. It is a two-volume history written by Luke. And the book of Acts continues the story of Jesus, and it focuses on the church, how the Holy Spirit births the church and empowers supernaturally the early first century apprentice of Jesus to take the gospel of the kingdom to the entire Roman world. That's stunning. And so Dr. Luke, as a brilliant historian, traces this. Prominent in the book of Acts, especially as it builds the story, is one person. That is, person... His Jewish name is Saul. We know him by Paul, who becomes the Apostle Paul. On that dusty road to Damascus, he is converted to Jesus Christ. He encounters the risen Messiah, Jesus. And it not only changes his life from the inside out, he is given a very specific calling by Jesus to take the gospel to the entire Gentile world to build out a church-planting mission. And Luke describes this church-planting mission advancing in the book of Acts. So today, as we enter into chapter 18, Paul has just traveled a short distance, actually, from Athens to Corinth, Greece. Now remember, in Acts chapter 16, the gospel moves from the Asian continent to the European continent. Some of us who were a part of the message two weeks ago understood that it moved to Greece, okay? So here we are. He walks with his buddies, a couple buddies, most likely, it sounds like, uh, from Athens to Corinth, Greece. Corinth, Greece is amazing. Uh, port city, very strategic place. And it is here in Corinth where Luke now introduces us very intentionally, very specifically to these two hidden heroes of faith, Aquila and Priscilla. This is where he introduces them. And as we look at them this morning, I'd like us to look over their shoulder and in their hearts of the profile we are given of Aquila and Priscilla and three characteristics of heroic faith. They bleed into three arenas, work first, friendship, and then the church. Three compelling characteristics. The first one we see early on in this chapter, heroic faith transforms our work. Now, look with me again at, at verses one through three. I want to reread this. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, that is in modern Turkey, 
recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. Now, in these three compact verses, Luke tells us a lot about this couple, this dynamic duo. We know, and it's important to Luke, that Aquila was Jewish, and most likely his wife was Gentile. Her name is Latin. And they leave Rome because of religious persecution. Now, also notice, her formal name was Prisca. You'll see this in other New Testament texts, but here... Luke gives us her informal name. It's a name of affection, of history, and friendship. It's a name that Luke uses. Her name, her affectionate name, is Priscilla. Now, I was at a family reunion not too long ago in June in Minnesota. We call them family rebellions. It's part of our deal. Um, But I uh, had the joy of running into one of my wrestling coaches from, well, I won't say many years, many years ago. And when I saw him having coffee at Panera, he comes up to me, hey, Tommy, how you doing? Nobody's called me Tommy in a long time, right? Well, I like the name, but you see, this is the picture Luke wants us to know. He's hinting at history, at affection and warmth. just want you to keep that in mind, okay? Now, as we enter this text again and we build it, we understand that Luke presents them as a married couple. This is unusual in the New Testament. It's not accidental or incidental. And notice that throughout the New Testament, Luke introduces them differently, but you'll see this consistently. There's reasons why he does. That Priscilla is listed first, almost all the time, just a couple exceptions, including the introduction here. And there are reasons why this is the case, because Luke is telling us that Priscilla is a very prominent person. She's a person of high social standing, influence, and leadership gifting. You go, what are you saying, Tom? Well, if you look at the context carefully, Luke chapter 17, both when the church at Thessalonica is planted and in Berea, Luke is very intentional about saying there is a sizable number of prominent Greek women who come to faith in Jesus the Messiah and fuel and support the church planting movement to the Roman Empire. Do not miss that. So again, like dominoes, literary dominoes, you have Luke continuing that profile. And Priscilla fits it perfectly, pattern and profile. Now, Luke doesn't tell us how Priscilla and Aquila come to faith in Jesus. We don't know that. Most likely they came to faith in Rome. Paul had heard about them. He might have met them, and I'll describe more why. But when he comes to Corinth, he immediately seeks them out. Like the businesswoman Lydia, again, we looked at her a couple weeks ago in chapter 16, here Luke again introduces us to Priscilla and Aquila and places their work in a very prominent place in the narrative. Okay, you still with me? So the thought you have to ask when you engage the text is, why? Why is Priscilla and Aquila's work vocation so important to insert here in the text? And Luke helps us to answer that question. He helps us to see how people's daily work was so vitally important to the first century church planting gospel mission. Luke wants us to see that heroic faith 
inevitably finds its way into our Monday worlds where we are called to join Jesus on his mission. Like Lydia, if you remember, who sold a high-end fabric line throughout the Roman Empire as a businesswoman, Priscilla and Aquila also have a flourishing tent-making business, and we know this from history and context and culture, that particularly in high demand across the Roman Empire, remember the military machine, the Pax Romana and the Roman roads that built the Roman Empire, the vast need of the Roman military's need for leather tents. This, like Lydia, is not a mom-and-pop shop enterprise. This is a multi-business enterprise, multi-city. And we get these glimpses throughout the New Testament. This is not imaginative. Stay with me. Priscilla and Marketplace, or sorry, Priscilla and Aquila are marketplace leaders. And they tell us more than they just provide a job for Paul. That's important. But we must not miss in the narrative context, they are there to do much more to advance the gospel and its church planting kingdom mission to the entire empire. As apprentices of Jesus, not only do Priscilla and Aquila do their work differently, of course they do, but they also see their work through a missional lens. Priscilla and Aquila understood what we must understand if we grasp the fullness of the gospel of the kingdom that transforms every dimension of life. Our relationship, sure, but our work, and it shapes our Monday workplace in profound ways. Heroic faith, as Luke presents it over and over again, is formed and exhibited in our vocational faithfulness in the seemingly mundane places of our Monday worlds. And this is true throughout church history. And it's very true in the history of Christ Community Church. There are many Priscilla and Aquilas in the history of Christ Community and continue to be. But the one I want to highlight this morning are hidden heroes of Christ Community you may never have heard about. Their names, Nick and Carol Ann Sample. Nick served in the telecommunications industry as an executive. Carol Ann, actually as an architect, helped design and build the Sprint campus, which is now T-Mobile. And they joined our mission, locked arms with our hearts, when Christ's community was just a small handful of believers. Nick and Carol Ann rolled up their sleeves right away. They invested their leadership gift and, yes, their marketplace influence in this city and the financial resources in moving God's mission forward here. And when their work took them, and this often is the case, to Annapolis, Maryland, and Washington, D.C., with then a company called Nextel and other things they were doing, they helped start a new church there. In fact, I had the joy of speaking one Sunday morning. This is important to grasp. They invested in the local church, and Nick was involved in many ways. And today, they're in a retirement season. They're living near Tyler, Texas, I talked to them recently, and they're both involved with their church, and Nick has helped found a mentoring men's ministry in Tyler. My point is simply this. They did not leave the marketplace. Rather, their calling was the marketplace. They didn't leave it to be pastors or missionaries. That's, again, an okay, good calling, right? 
But what they did do was see their Monday work in the marketplace as their primary mission field. Everywhere Nick and Carol Ann have gone, they have quietly made an impact for Christ in his kingdom in amazing ways. Like Priscilla and Aquila, they model heroic faith. Not the kind that expresses itself in some bright flash of extraordinary sacrifice, bravery, or martyrdom. Well, yes, in the book of Acts, we have Stephen. There's one example. But the primary focus is everyday vocational faithfulness. It is a long obedience in the same direction. That is the currency of heroic faith. Priscilla and Aquila bloom where they're vocationally planted over and over again. And everywhere they go, everywhere they are, they are on mission with Jesus. And in the marketplace vocation, they are all in. Prayer, time, talent, treasure in advancing Jesus' kingdom mission. And it is focused on church planting across the Roman Empire. And that's our calling too. Now, Paul Stevens is a wonderful scholar. I was with him in Vancouver a year or two ago. About 80 years old. He's an amazing leader at Vancouver Seminary in, in, uh, in Canada. And he has a new book coming out that I'm really excited about, uh, and it's entitled, he's just done so much work on the theology of mission in the New Testament. He's a brilliant scholar. And I love the title. Are you ready for this? I'm writing the foreword for it. The Kingdom in Working Clothes. It, and in it, he defines, as he should, the marketplace beyond business enterprise to include all human enterprise where exchange and contribution take place in the love of neighbor. It's brilliant. And he's saying, and we're reminded in this text, we are called to be on mission with Jesus everywhere we are. A big part of that is our Monday work world. And this is one of the reasons. If you've been around here a while, you hear a lot at Christ Community, we are a church for Monday. We have a Monday focus. That doesn't mean, again, that Sunday doesn't matter. It matters greatly as we gather to worship together and, and learn and grow. But our Monday work contribution, paid or unpaid, whether we are a student in class, whether we are in a season of retirement or in between, is our primary place of worship, our primary place of spiritual formation, our primary place of gospel kingdom witness. The gospel, properly understood, transforms who we are. You bet. Changes our eternal destiny. Amen. But it transforms the way we work now how we treat others in our workplace, and how we see our work now through the lens of mission and a missional faith. When we follow Jesus, the New Testament reminds us we are now on mission with Jesus, King Jesus. And heroic faith is most commonly seen in everyday faithfulness to Jesus' mission in the world. Heroic faith, Luke reminds us, transforms our work. Secondly, Heroic faith deepens our friendships. Priscilla and Aquila not only work together, you'll notice what the text says. They live together and become close and cherished friends with Paul, right? All three. Priscilla, Aquila, and Paul live together, work together, and become cherished friends on mission together. Do not miss that. Luke is very explicit there. Can you imagine the encouragement Priscilla and Aquila are to Paul? I mean, he's pioneering this across the Roman Empire with all its dangers and risks. And they leave Corinth... And they accompany Paul on his church planning mission trip to Ephesus. Look at verse 18. After this, Paul stayed many days longer, that's in Corinth, and then took leave of the brothers and sisters and set sail for Syria and with him Priscilla and Aquila. 
At Centuria, he had cut his hair, for he was under a vote, or a vow. Sorry, my brain. With their tent-making business, Priscilla and Aquila now have the resources of time and money to accompany Paul as he continues to expand the church planning mission to the city of Ephesus. Do you see that? And in other texts we are going to discover very briefly this morning, we know that Priscilla and Aquila most likely, due to their business interest, move a lot around the Roman Empire. We know from the text of the New Testament, they're in Rome doing business, in the church, building the church. They're in Corinth doing business in the church, building the church. They're in Ephesus doing business and in building the church. Wherever these two go, these business market leaders are quiet catalysts in furthering Jesus' kingdom mission to the world. They roll up their sleeves. They hit their knees. They invest their resources. They open doors of influence and leadership throughout the Roman Empire. Do not miss that for the church and Paul and the mission planting team to move forward. Luke is so clear here. And we must not miss that Priscilla and Aquila, their heroic faith is forged in the context of a network of the closest of friends who are on mission together. Look what Luke adds here in verses 24 through 28. We are introduced to a very important friendship that will shape the course of history. Look at me at verses 24 through 28. Now, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. Uh, he had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. <clears throat> Though he knew only the baptism of John, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him. In other words, they opened the door for him because of their influence and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed, for he powerfully refuted the Jewish leaders in public, showing by the scriptures that Christ was the Messiah. Now, do not miss this. Luke introduces us in this place in the narrative to another leader in the early church. He is an African man named Apollos who came to Ephesus. Luke wants us to know this guy is amazing. The language he uses described his towering intellect. Now, can you imagine how intimidating someone that brilliant would be? And I love this, and you should too, that Priscilla and Aquila befriend him, and they disciple him. Isn't this awesome? It speaks about their intelligence. They're gifted leaders in the marketplace. Priscilla and Aquila are, they're amazing, but also the teachability of Apollos. And Luke helps us to see God's honoring heroic faith is not a solitary endeavor here, it is Forge repeatedly in close-knit community of believers who are locked in on mission together. That's it. History sees this all throughout the history of the church. One great example, maybe you've heard of this, amazing group of people called the Clapham Group. 
There were followers of Jesus who came together in England at the turn of the 19th century with a mission of abolishing slavery and the slave trade. One of the members was very well known. You've probably heard his name. A member of British Parliament, brilliant Christian, William Wilberforce. But do you know there's a handful of other heroic hidden figures around that movement? It wasn't just him. Some of the hidden figures, let me give you an example, lived quiet lives of heroic faith on Monday in their vocations. There was a banker named Henry Thornton, a banker. There was a lawyer named James Stevens. There was an accountant named Zachary Macaulay. There was an educator named Hannah Moore. And yes, get this, there was also a pastor, John Venn. This crew and more deepened their friendship for life. They were forged and nurtured in faith community. That's what fuels heroic faith over the long haul. Let me ask you, are you making time and space for deepening friendships in your life? See, it's not that we shouldn't have friends who are not Christians. Clearly, we should have. But our closest friends should be Christian friends and most often in our local community of faith, who we have locked arms with, who are on Jesus' kingdom mission together. That's what we see in the book of Acts. No wonder they turned the world upside down. Now, I don't want us to miss here something else. This is unusual in the New Testament text. It's unusual that Paul will highlight a married couple, or Luke will. And I think what that says is that Deepening friendship should first begin with our spouse. Priscilla and Aquila model one of the most God-honoring marriages in the New Testament I can see. A marriage of loving partnership, of complementarity, of unified mission, of self-sacrifice and service, their home, their work, their resources, everything we can tell are all aligned together to a greater cause than themselves. That's the key of the good, true, and beautiful life and the good, true, and beautiful marriage. If you are married or considering marriage, I want to encourage you just to carve out some time to talk with your spouse or your future spouse about are you aligned in your mission? And is your marriage centered in the kingdom mission? Whether you're single or married, let me ask you, have you yet to join Jesus in his mission? Are there places where you're not all in in his mission? Are there attitudinal adjustments you need to make? Priority changes. Scheduling modifications, deeper friendships that you need to pursue to more live fully into Jesus' kingdom mission in our city and our world. I want you to notice that Priscilla and Aquila have these two synergistic elements in their heroic faith. They are deeply relational and they're deeply missional. They have deep friendships and they make spiritual community a priority. See, heroic faith is primarily seen not in some burst of bravery and self-sacrifice. It is most often seen in the hidden spaces of everyday vocational faithfulness. Paul Stevens is right. The kingdom of God most often puts on working clothes. It transforms our work, transforms our friendships. Lastly, heroic faith loves the church. The epicenter of heroic faith in the New Testament and the book of Acts is the local church community we are called to. We see this in Priscilla and Aquila's story and the importance of the local church. For example, when Paul writes the letter to the Corinthians, the first letter, chapter 16, verse 19, you can look at that this week. Notice what Paul says. 
the churches of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Prisca, together with the church in their house, send you greetings. Now let's remember that Priscilla and Aquila helped launch the church in Corinth. That's how this chapter opens. And now they have helped Paul launch the church in Ephesus. And Paul says, the church is now meeting in your house. So again, as business market leaders and resources, they had a large house. Everywhere Priscilla and Aquila go, they are committed to local church community and kingdom mission. Everywhere. They understand Jesus' kingdom mission is centered on the local church, and we must too. In the New Testament, the local church is plan A. There's no plan B. Now, I know, right? You say church is messy, it's hard, it's disappointing, people disagree, there's skirmishes, sure. There were in the first century church. I'm not being in light of it. It's not always easy doing church together. People see things differently. But the church was never abandoned. It was at the heart of the kingdom strategy. The bride of Christ was loved, supported, and served, and its mission advanced. In Paul's letter, for example, to the Romans, Romans chapter 16, verses 3 and 4, this is just stunning. There we are again, Priscilla and Aquila. Their name surfaces again. You are not, and you know that. Paul writes, in the midst of all these wonderful names, the most effusive, commendating words to this amazing couple. Listen to what he says of them. And if you know the New Testament, this is stunning. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life. To whom not only do I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Would you just soak that in? Notice with me now that Paul uses heroic language to describe this dynamic duo, right? We don't know all what it meant that they risked their necks, but my sense is they're all in in this mission. But notice, do you notice the burst, the microburst of gratitude from Paul's heart for Priscilla and Aquila? But also notice what the text says. All the churches in the Gentiles give thanks for you as well. Wow. Paul's effusive and commendational language tells us a ton here about Priscilla and Aquila. They were known and greatly loved by more than just the local churches of Rome and Corinth and Ephesus. They are known and appreciated by many other churches that are being planted across the Roman Empire. And reading between the lines just a bit, your sense is that Priscilla and Aquila's fervent prayer, their continued encouragement, their generous financial support for Paul helped establish and minister to these churches. What a picture of everyday faithfulness Paul gives us of true heroic faith. Will you think with me for a moment? You should do this as you read scripture. Ask yourself a couple questions. What would Paul have accomplished without Priscilla and Aquila right by his side for a lifetime of service. They're all in with Jesus. They're all in together. They're all in on mission. How different the New Testament story would read, the first century church would be without Priscilla and Aquila and their non-flashy faithfulness to move the mission forward how different our lives perhaps would be without these two heroes of the faith of the first century. See, heroic faith loves what Jesus loves. And what Jesus loves most is clear in Scripture. It is the bride, the church. 
I know. Church isn't always easy. It doesn't always live up to its ideals. But let me say a few things about what you see in the New Testament that matter here. Christ Community Church is not about charismatic personalities. Not about celebrities. Or about some grand human vision. There are no visionaries here at all. Jesus is the visionary here. And in Holy Scripture, Jesus gives us a kingdom vision we are invited to enter and embrace in every dimension of our lives. That's the vision we cast here. We are a community of faith with a kingdom vision that Jesus calls us to embrace and one of, that is deeply relational and deeply missional. From our early days, we've had a mission statement that captures this, right? It's all about what we are becoming and doing together. Our mission has been since the beginning that we are called to be a caring family of multiplying disciples, influencing our community and work for Jesus Christ. And whether you've been part of Christ in a long time, you're newer, you're exploring it, you can be assured of this in God's grace in the midst of all the broader cultural challenges, and there are a lot, and the uncertainties of COVID-19, we are a family staying on mission together, being gracious with one another, gentle with one another, but committed to sound doctrine and biblical truth. If you're newer to the Christ community family or you want a refreshing review of that, one of the greatest ways to grow in your apprenticeship with Jesus here and in our mission is to participate this fall in our Church for Monday class. It's part of our Tuesday night discipleship series. And we'd love for you to consider doing that, especially if uh, you have not taken our Razor's Edge class in the past or you want a refreshing time. So let me wrap it up. By God's grace and the Holy Spirit's empowerment and protection from the evil one, it is my hope that as one church in multiple locations, Christ's community will stay firmly tethered to Christ, to God, and to our God-given mission. God has blessed this place and these people in unimaginable ways and the most fruitful days are ahead of us if we stay faithful. What does heroic faith look like, friends? What does it look like? It's not about leaping a building in a single bound or going out in a blaze of glory. As we've seen in our Forgotten Family series, heroic faith is embodied in the faithful work of characters like Bezalel and Holiab, like Lydia, like Priscilla or Aquila. The kingdom of God is adorned with working clothes. Heroic faith is lived out in everyday vocational faithfulness. Wherever God has you, it is a long obedience in the same direction. Let's bow for prayer. Our Lord Jesus modeled heroic faith, first as a carpenter and then as our Savior on the cross. A heroic faith that was missional. He left the heavenly throne room to come to earth on a rescue mission. And Jesus spoke that redemptive mission over us. I have come to seek and save the lost. And Jesus said how he will do that. I will build my church and hell itself will not prevail against it. If you've not embraced Jesus as your Lord and Savior, may you do that today. And if you're a follower of Jesus, may you be his apprentice and join him on his Monday mission wherever God has you. Lord, how we are grateful for the lives of hidden heroes people like Priscilla and Aquila who model such heroic faith for us.